Welcome to For the Love of Brantford, a podcast about the evolving story of our community. This podcast is for everyone who holds a place in their heart for our beautiful city. I'm Nathan Etherington, the Program and Community Coordinator for the Brant Historical Society. I'll be sharing some information from the Brant Historical Society archives and other sources to share some history that you may not have learned in school. And I'm Andy Samwell, president of the Eagle Place Community Association, and I'm passionate about community. And for me, you'll hear about what's happening in our community now. And I'm Zila Ozels from the Brantford Public Library. I'll be speaking with experts to get an idea of where our community is going. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, fill in our feedback form on the podcast website at brantfordlibrary.ca slash FLB. We hope you join us each episode as we learn from each other and explore Brantford's past, present, and future. Hello, and welcome to episode four of For the Love of Brantford, where we explore the evolving story of our community. In this episode, we discuss street names in the city of Brantford. I'll be talking about different areas of the city and why we see different themes in those areas. And I'll be chatting with John Gafusha about streets in Eagle Place and the Jane's Walk. And finally, I speak with Victoria Coates from the city of Brantford about our city's street naming policy. Okay, I know on the surface, this may not seem like the most interesting topic, but it actually is. There's like a lot that goes into it. And I don't think people realize how much thought and planning goes into the naming of streets. I agree, Nathan. When I was speaking to Victoria, I learned some very interesting things about the policy at the city, which I'm excited for others to hear about. Also interesting, we'll hear a little bit about some history that has like, you know, embedded itself into these different parts through street names. There's Wayne Gretzky Parkway, obviously named after Wayne Gretzky. And then there's like some other major streets as well that have some very prominent names. One thing that I remember people would always complain or like, or they were baffled by it was how it goes from technically, I guess you could start at Oak Park Road, which then changes, I believe, to Hardy Road somewhere along in there. And then from Hardy Road, it becomes Fairview or Tollgate Road and then Fairview Road, and then Linden Drive, before turning to Garden Ave. It's all the same street, but it has so many different street names associated with it that change, like every major concession, essentially. I did not realize that. And now as a non-Brantford resident, that makes so much more sense to me in terms of the map (laughs) in my head. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way either. We actually have so many interesting street names in Brantford. One of the One of the ones that I find very intriguing is the Strand. Because it doesn't have like avenue or street or cross. It's just, there's no like ending to it. Yeah. It's just just the the Strand. (laughs) Everyone knows about uh, Wengersky Parkway, but then especially like new residents to Brantford, I bet you they don't know about Park Road North at all. Right. And when I grew up, that was like, I don't know, to me, that was the thing. That was like one of the major roadways in Brantford was Park Road North. And now you never hear it for the most part. I think speaking about the history of some of the street names, it's also interesting to kind of bring in the conversation about what does it say about 
us that we're recognizing and wanting to keep ourselves reminded about certain historical people or places. Even if you think about it, there's a lot of like street names to do around uh, the monarchy and Britain and (laughs) that kind of thing. But, you know, uh, we've we've changed a lot since (laughs) since we've named those streets. A lot of towns have certain street names that they all share like king street queen street main street not all but many have like a market street as well the comparison between that names street names that every community has and then like the street names that are unique to brantford and like the pronunciation of delusi or delhousie or as i found recently a different one delhousie I haven't heard it pronounced like that before. I just remember when I was young listening to CKPC, right? And they always had Delusy Street, right? So to me, there was only one way. And when people started saying Dalhousie, I was like, what planet are you from? (laughs) Because I'd never heard it before, right? It was always Delusy to me. Well, it also makes me think of um, when you put on your GPS and uh, directions on your phone and they say certain names out loud and it's completely wrong and gps's can come up with some pretty funny pronunciations of streets for sure my experience is on the go bus and i remember i can't remember how the go bus says it but it's like pules puliston street out by um pauline johnson it says it weird and every time i have to like shout over i'm like no you're pronouncing it wrong this to myself in my head i don't know i still correct the gps when, I, when i'm by myself for sure <laughs> um another street that i've been thinking about a little bit today was um the veterans memorial parkway because when i was heading home today they've got all of the we remember signs and all of those things up in preparation for remembrance day so that was really nice and it just made me think of that street today that's something that victoria talks about as a priority is recognizing veterans So let's get talking about streets and how they get their names. In order for streets to form, does there have to be a main road to attract people to settle in the area first? Yes, many of the major transportation routes were based on a vast network of indigenous trails through the area. On early maps, these are represented by dashed lines to indicate a trail. One of the first roads through the area was the Ancaster Road leading to Brantford and was the Plank or Corduroy Road that went through Burford and Woodstock before terminating in London, also following an earlier Indigenous trail. Governor's Road was the first road through the area reaching Paris in 1793 and was also based on an Indigenous trail. Examples of Indigenous pathways that turned into major roads are Colburn Street, Mount Pleasant Road, King George Road, and the Paris Road. Also note the names of major roads that were described by the areas where they lead, like the Paris Road, Ancaster Road, and St. George Road, later renamed King George Road. Oh, so road names sometimes change? Can you give us some examples of streets that have been renamed in Brantford that we'd recognize today? Sure, I'll give you a couple. East Avenue today is named for the direction it runs from downtown, but originally it was named Northumberland Street, meaning north of the Humber River. This actually doesn't make any sense because it's not on the Humber River and is definitely well south of the Humber River as well. 
uh, North Grandland would have been a more appropriate name. Street names are often done in honor of a person. Brantford used to have a Napoleon Street that ran on Dufferin Ave between its two intersections with Warren Crescent. The portion of Dufferin Ave that ran between Warren Crescent and St. Paul Avenue was then called Chestnut Street. This is not to be confused with Chestnut Ave. It also intersects. Imagine describing your property as being at the intersection of Chestnut and Chestnut. West Street originally ran from the Lorne Bridge up Bridge Street, not surprisingly, and formed some weird kind of intersection with King Street, Nelson Street, the continuation of West Street, Pearl Street, and Cedar Street. Cedar Street would have went up a portion of West Street between the Bell Memorial and Brant Avenue. Brant Avenue was originally named Dumfries Street as well. Okay, so... Do you see certain themes in the names of streets in different areas of town? Well, downtown was built during the colonial era. So you see the names of the streets uh, reflecting this. East to west, they're named after military figures, governor generals, or politicians. Colburn Street is named after Sir John Colburn, who was lieutenant governor when Lewis Burwell laid out the town plot in 1830. Moving north, we have Delusy Street that was named for George Ramsey, who was the ninth Earl of Dalhousie and Lieutenant Governor in 1816. The streets running north and south are named after royalty, with the unsurprising King and Queen streets. We then have George IV, who died during Burwell's survey, Charlotte, after Princess Charlotte, and Clarence, who was named after Duke of Clarence, who succeeded George to become William IV. Other streets, like Sheridan, were named after the Irish dramatist and Member of Parliament, Richard Brinsley Sheridan, and Gray Street, named after Earl Gray. How about another area of the city? Why do we call it Henderson Survey? And is there a theme to the street names? The original owner of this land was Justice William T. Henderson, who owned the land between Terrace Hill and King George Road to Queensway and over to the Paris Road. He was a lawyer in Bramford and later called to the bench and became a circuit judge. He died in 1953. Henderson was developed in three phases. In 1941, the portion between Terrace Hill and Paris Road was first developed. In 1944, the portion between Elm and Queensway, west of St. George Street, were developed. And finally, In 1945, a third plan develops the area between St. George Street and King George Road. Many of the streets north of this area get their name for trees, like Dogwood Drive, Larkspur Lane, and Magnolia Drive. Others are named after streets in London, England, like The Strand, Regent Street, and Holborn Street. What about Homedale and some of its street names? Homedale was originally its own little community before it was annexed into the city of Brantford in 1892. Founded by William Holm, he had a plaster mill and owned the land west of Morrell Street, where Holm Street gets its name. There's also Burwell Street, named after the original land surveyor. There are also several names of Brantford importance. Frank Street is named after F.W. Frank, who was water commissioner at the time. Also, Charlton Avenue, who was the deputy assessment commissioner for the city of Brantford. And finally, Reed Street was named after Joseph Reed, who made the first map of Brantford in 1824, which unfortunately does not survive. So how do I get a street named after me? Well, one way is to be the original owner. Sky Acres was originally named Cypress Street, another tree name. And the house on it was known as Sky Acres and was owned by J.W. and Patty Conklin. 
Patty was known as King of the Midway, and they still operate Medways for the CNE and other fairs. The best way is probably to know a developer. In Greenbrier Fairview area, several streets are named after the developer or their families. This includes Albert Street, named after the developer's son-in-law, Baxter Street for the maiden name of the developer's family, and Cecil Avenue, named after Cecil Elliott, the developer. For this episode, I spoke with my good friend John Gafusha about Jane's Walk and Eagle Place street names. Could you introduce yourself for the folks listening at home? Yes, my name is John Gafusha. I live on Erie Ave. I've lived in Eagle Place for uh, since 1963. Um, I've been involved in the in the neighborhood. I'm the vice president of the Eagle Place Community Association. So something interesting that I know that you do every year is a Jane's Walk. Could you tell us what a Jane's Walk is and how it got started? Sure. Um, a girl, a lady by the name of Rashia Burke. Uh, she's the director of community development and supports for community living Brant. Uh, five years, I think it was five years ago, she started Jane's Walks in Brantford. And at that time, I had never heard of it and didn't uh, didn't know what it was. So basically what it is, uh, Jane Jacobs was a renowned journalist, author, author and activist. Uh, she wrote the book, The Death and Life of Great American Cities, which was kind of like a Bible for urban planners for decades. And her way of thinking was that... Uh, uh, neighborhoods uh, are the most important things that make up a city. And in urban planning, uh, the people that live in the neighborhood should have input into what happens in their neighborhood. So she was kind of like the champion for the ordinary person because the forces that she went up against were was were people that just wanted to destroy neighborhoods to put a, 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 a throughway through it. And in the States, uh, she... Uh, she fought some uh, freeway development, which basically saved uh, Greenwich Village and Soho, which are two very well, uh, well-known well neighborhoods in New York City. She died, and, uh, and she was so well thought of that people that uh, liked what she did started Jane's Walks the first Saturday in May every year. And the purpose of Jane's Walks is, is for ordinary people to get out and explore their neighborhoods. Now, there could be themes to the walk. Uh, the walk I do here in Eagle Place is the Eagle Place Historical Walk because Eagle Place has so much rich history in it. And uh, we've had in Brantford uh, a pub crawl walk, an ice cream walk, and it could be very big. It actually, downtown, with the first year we had it, the Downtown Neighborhood Association and Central School combined to create this huge James Walk, which I believe is in the Guinness Book of World's Records as the largest James Walk ever. So yeah. this is all pre-COVID. So pre-COVID uh, has uh, thrown a wrench into a lot of it. Actually, we've done James Walks. Um, they filmed mine last year. So uh, I like the idea of it. I was drawn to it immediately because I have an interest in neighborhoods, uh, Eagle Place in particular. <laughs> so I was very happy to um, do the James Walk for the last few years. And uh it's a big thing. It's worldwide. And pre-COVID, uh, the last year be- before COVID, there was Jane's Walks in uh, 240 cities and town worldwide. Hopefully, when COVID is over, uh, uh, it's going to continue on and grow here in Brantford because it's quite an interesting thing. People just getting out and celebrating their neighborhood. 
That's amazing. And it sounds like so many people are involved in Jane's walks. And though I remember the one where downtown central neighborhood association and central school did the Jane's walk. And that was a huge event. There was a video showing all of the students and all of the folks walking together. And that was really neat. Um, Can you tell me some of the things that we would see on the Eagle place Jane's walk? Sure. Uh, well, we always started to go well, we have always started at the creamery, <laughs> which is on the corner of Erie and Eagle. And it was uh, it's an old building. It was a working creamery. Now it's a bar pub type of thing. And we we go down and we explore uh, the industry that was along the canal, Whites and Masseys and Sternsons. Uh, we talk about the canal and how important uh, it was to Bramford's development um, and we also uh, before going there we uh, look at the Civic Center area and the where the Fresco Mall is and there was like uh, Massey's and and the original cockshot building uh, were was where the Civic Center and the casino is and the Sternsons was a huge operation here in Brantford and covered the whole fresh what is now the Fresco Mall so then we go and we talk about uh, Mohawk Institute, uh, Mohawk Chapel. We visit um, some of the churches and, and parks in, in, in Eagle Place and, and the schools and, and do a little history on each of those. And it's just kind of trying to give an all-inclusive <laughs> history of Eagle Place in, in, in an hour and a half is basically what it boils down to. Yeah, and I know that when you're doing the Eagle Place uh, Jane's Walk, you talk about how some of the streets in Eagle Place were named. Could you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Well, two examples is the Minturn subdivision. Thomas Minturn purchased a farm between what is now Mohawk Street and Erie Ave in 1854. And he married, uh, his uh, wife's name was Elizabeth. Her maiden name was Haggerty. And when they started building what was called the Minturn subdivision, the streets, uh, a lot of streets in that area were named uh, for his family. So, of course, Minturn Ave was named after him. And there was streets named uh, for all of his, for his kids. There was uh, Blossie and Ruth, Tom, uh, Gordon, Harriet. Dorothy were named for his children and Hagerty Street was named for his wife's family. And so the, I, I'm not sure what year they started building the subdivision, but uh, that is probably one of the older subdivisions in Brantford. And also there was a subdivision called the Parkdale subdivision in, eight, in 1886, Edward Henry Webling bought land uh, by today in the Edward Street, Walter Street, Mohawk Street, Brighton Ave area. So Webling and Edward Street were named after himself, Edward Henry Webling, and Emily and Walter Streets were named for his daughter and his son. So that's uh, some of the older streets in Eagle Place. That's uh, what I can tell you about those streets anyway. Thanks for sharing that with us. It makes you think uh, there was a lot of importance for the Webling family and the Mintern family with the yeah. in Eagle Place. So that's really interesting. Um, I've been actually reading a really interesting book from the Brant Historical Society about all of the street names and how streets got their names. So we'll be sure to include that in the show notes. But thanks so much for chatting with me about Jane's Walk and about the streets in Eagle Place. And we look forward to hopefully walking with you in May for the first Saturday that, in May. <laughs> that'd be great. Thank you, uh, Mandy. Thanks so much, John. I had the opportunity to speak with Victoria from the city of Brantford about their street naming policy. 
Hi, Victoria. Can you please introduce yourself? So my name is Victoria Coates, and I'm a senior planner in long-range planning at the city of Brantford. One of the things that I'm involved with is overseeing the city's street naming process. Who decides what to name new streets? So the city has a, a, new, a very new, actually, um, street naming policy. It was recently adopted by council at the end of 2020. Um, previously, we had sort of an informal process in place, but now um, we have some clear, clear guidance on how that happens. Um, so within that policy, there is an approved street named list. So all of the names on this list are uh, sort of pre-approved and they're available to be assigned to any new public streets that uh, get created. Uh, right now we have just under 300 names that are on that list. Um, and typically we see uh, new street names assigned in, in like new subdivisions that are in the undeveloped areas of the city. So as a developer is going through their various um, approval processes, um, when they get close to registering the subdivision and actually creating those streets, um, they can apply to the city to name those streets and they have the developer has the chance to um, select names that are off that pre-approved list. So one of the new things that was established in this uh, new street naming policy is to assign uh, one of three priorities to all of the names that are on the list. Um, and now the developer must select names off the list in order of those priorities. Um, so the first priority um, is for two veterans from Brantford that died while serving in Afghanistan. So Richard Leary and John Rudd. So the next two streets that are going to be named in Brantford will be um, named after Leary and Rudd. Um, and then the next priority of names is names of veterans who died in the line of duty. The, once those names are exhausted, then developers will be able to select from the third priority of names, which are all of the remaining names. How do names end up on the list of potential street names? So most of the names that were on the list have been um, added by council at, at various times. Um, and when we took forward this new street naming policy, we sort of, again, formalize that process for how those names can get added to the list in the first place. So there are three categories now for street names that can be added to the list. Um, so the first category is for honoring those who have given their life in public service. So, so veterans who have lost their lives, um, or also for members of paramedics, police, or fire services. So we have a few names from, from the police department and from the fire services who are on the list now. The second category is for honoring individuals for community service or for local, national, or international historical reasons. Under this category, we have names, names of women from the Significant Lives Profiles of Brant County Women book. We also have some names from the Prominence Point in Brantford, um, names from the Sports Hall of Fame, um, and then some other you know, notable architects in Brantford, um, former counselors. And then there's a third category that was established, which would be for names that promote pride in the city, acknowledge local heritage and history, or recognize um, unique features or geography. So basically, we have a, an existing list of those pre-approved street names that fit with one of those three categories, but there's also the opportunity for new names to get added to the list, provided they meet one of those categories. Um, so members of the public can submit an application to add a name to the list, and as provided it meets one of those three categories, staff will be able to add it to the list. But we also take a look at some of the other provisions that are in our, our street naming policy. The, for example, you can't have a name that might be construed as advertising for a currently existing business or the name, you know, it needs to be able to fit on our street sign. So it can't be too long. 
The other thing we check for is, is making sure that there's not already a street named for that in Brantford or in Brant County, or there's not a street that's very similar to it because that could, could cause issues for emergency services. And then there could be cases where, you know, there's a conflict with one of those provisions or a name, a proposed name doesn't quite meet um, one of those three categories that are established in the policy. And in that case, it would be up to council to decide whether or not to, to add that name to the list. Uh, so I'm curious, can street names, once they've been named, can they change? And if that's possible, how does one go about doing that? In general, street, ne- street renaming is discouraged, primarily because of the potential confusion it can cause and inconvenience uh, for the public and for emergency services, things like that. But it's also for the cost that the city would have to actually rename the street. So there'd be administrative costs associated with uh, notifying the public, actually replacing the signage. There could be changes to MTO signage on the highways or, um, you know, there's costs for business and property owners if they they have their own signage or personalized stationery like business cards. There's there's all sorts of, a, you know, rippling effect if a street name is changed. But the policy for street naming does, um, you know, allow the possibility and it indicates that any street renaming must be initiated and directed by council. So unlike adding a name to the list, uh, there's no public application process for somebody to apply to, to rename a street. That being said, a member of the public could certainly, you know, write a letter to council and seek their, you know, interest and, and hopefully get council to initiate it. But there's not like a, an easy application process for the public to undertake. If we did get, you know, council's direction to do something like this, there is a sort of a formal process in place that would start with staff notifying any surviving family members members of the current street name. So if, if it was a named after somebody who had died, we would try and reach out to their family members to get their input on the potential renaming. We'd also have to, you know, notify the public online in the newspaper, send a letter to all potentially affected property owners of the street name and, and give them an opportunity to provide input. And then we would take a report to council uh, with a summary of that input and, and some background information and uh, some details on what those potential costs might be. And then council would be able to make a decision. So it's not something that uh, I've seen in my time at the city of Brantford, but um, it, it, it's possible that it could happen in the future. I'm just going to say it. I'm a little disappointed that I can't name a street after myself that easily. Uh, I think there's a good reason for why people can't do that. (laughs) Victoria kind of went into that and even Nathan, I think, covered it in the past part, right? I really get nervous sometimes because it's uh, if someone's still living and you name a street after them because you don't know what kind of person they are. And did, did they really deserve it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they could totally go out and do a lot of terrible things after they've had a street named after themselves. Right. It's that whole like living history. If it's living history, like it's not really history yet. So you shouldn't have a street named after you. You have Although... to have, be dead in order to <laughs> do that. Although we say that. And if you think about it, <laughs> there's a lot of people who we have streets named after and they were named after like they died or passed away and they did a lot of atrocious things during their lives. Right. 
even just thinking about everything that's been happening in the last few years with taking down statues uh, and trying to change the names of different big institutions because people are trying to acknowledge and recognize that the people they're named after actually don't have a great history of equity and inclusivity. I'd agree with that. Like there's a balance to kind of everything. And if someone, um, if someone did some good things, if someone was successful in life and did some good things, they maybe had to step on some people in order to help them get there. So, you know, there's, there's some good with bad. Everyone has some good and some bad with them. So speaking of good, I think it's kind of cool how Victoria mentioned that some of the folks that are on the, the approved list are some of the women of influence in, I think that was from a book in Brant County, Significant Lives, that's right. Yeah, we have it at the museum. It's a really good resource. Speaking of um, things from the museum, I've been really interested in reading this signpost book from the Brant Historical Society. And some of the things that kind of stuck out to me in there was, um, I think it's pretty neat how there's such a variety of the way that streets are named. Uh, For instance, I don't know if everybody realizes that we have a Fox Run Drive named after Terry Fox, and that's in the Greenbrier Fairview area. And then there's Penny Lane named after a Beatles song. And then down here in Eagle Place, there's Dover. And the reason they named that street that was because it points to Port Dover special place to Bramfordians when they want to cool off in the summer. Yeah, that's kind that's... of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that stuck out to me a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, it's such an interesting thing how there's such a variety of how things are named. Yeah, I guess growing up, you don't really think about the names of the street, right? They're just locations mm-hmm. to you. But uh, as you move on through time, they provide meaning or they have some meaning or context associated with them. I wouldn't have thought of the fact that Fox Run Drive was named after Terry Fox. I found that really interesting. I would have thought it was more about the animal foxes or something like that. I wonder if uh, the one name af- named after the Beatles song would be accepted now with a new naming policy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I'm not sure. One thing that I never really considered when thinking of different names for existing street names is what Victoria was talking about, how there's so much involved in changing a street name. And it's not just about, you know, changing it in the city's maps or whatever, but also all the businesses on the streets. It's exactly when you change the name of a street, everyone that lives on their street has to change all of their identification cards. And that comes with a cost to it. So there's actually like, there's a good reason why you shouldn't change the name of a street uh, for economic reasons. But then that also kind of balances things out, right? Like we have to, that's why we have good street naming policies so that we don't have those situations occur. Right, exactly. So, you know, some people might grumble about the bureaucracy of a street naming policy or other city policies, but (laughs) really, uh, yeah, you're right. It kind of weighs it out with the economics or consequences you don't think of at the time. One of the things that I enjoyed with Mandy's conversation with John was uh, about the Jane's Walk and the whole idea of the Jane's Walk. And The museum does walking tours, but they're very like, they're theme focused and that it's not necessarily about the community. And when you do 
uh, a Jane's Walk, there is history embedded within there, but then there's also like community landmarks or things that uh, local people in the community value. They have a, a different flavor to them and it really allows you a good connection to your community. I think that's very true. I know that um, when we've had the Jane's Walks here in Eagle Place, lots of times um, John will have kind of prepared what he's intending to talk about. And then the folks that come along have lots of stories to add. One time it took, I don't know, it was well over two hours, I feel like, the one walk, because there was so many stories being told. And so it took, yeah, it took a lot longer than everybody expected. But it was a lot of great stories. He talked about where he starts the walking tour. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Mohawk Creamery. I knew I instantly knew the building. You also mentioned about the Downtown Neighborhood Association when they did a Jane's Walk with the world record. Do you remember what year that was? There was two years the museum participated in it. And one year, the kids from Central School came down and we did it in front of the museum. And the next time, I hung out by the Joseph Brandt Monument, and I met the kids there, and we did some history education there with the kids. So one of them I participated in. I'm not sure which one. That's awesome. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, if you participated in two of them, then probably one of them was the the Guinness Book one. The Jane's Box also kind of put it into perspective in terms of being a tourist in your own city, right? You know, there's when you go and visit other cities, sometimes you look for the bus tours or, or tour guide company to get a good overview of what's in the city you're visiting. But there's so much we don't know about our own cities and our own neighborhoods. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's really great because the neighbors in the neighborhood know the neighborhood best. Uh, I remember the uh, Sarah Monroe, who uh, works for the city in the tourism part. She mentioned to me, I think when I first started meeting at the museum, Brantford people don't think about coming to the tourism center when we have the tourism center, right? Because they don't think about themselves as tourists. But if you are looking for something to do in town, you're being a tourist, even though it's your community. And those, the resources that the tourism people have provide you another way of connecting with your community. That's a very good point because I live here and I've never been to the tourist center. Never even thought about going actually. So I thought it was really neat. One of the first years that the Jane's walk happened here, um, they had had the wool and everybody tied a knot as they came across something that they found interesting. And then it was made into a wall hanging that turned out to be actually very beautiful. I think it's hanging at community living. I like that because it's like a really creative aspect of community building and it provides something like tangible and unique that you can only find here in Brantford. And if you think about it, it's kind of like another kind of map. So we're used to maps with street names, but here's another kind of map covering the important pieces of a community. Mandy, if there was a street named after you, what would it be? Samwell, Samwell Crescent? Because you can go by your first name or your last name. Or, or is it just the Samwell, like the Strand? Oh, I like that. I like that idea, actually. And I found another one that's the something. It's the Homestead. Oh, yeah, the Homestead. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have the Samwell. Nathan, what would you name a street? At- the, the problem, remember when Victoria said about they have to be a certain length? 
this is the problem. My name is so freaking long in everything. I'm always restricted by that. So maybe I'll say, I'll cheap out and say Etherington Street. I think that I should change mine and it should be Mandy's way. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Very clever. (laughs) What about you, Sela? Yeah, I was trying to think about that. It would have to be something that people, well, no, it doesn't have to be something people can pronounce because there's different ways to pronounce Dalhousie, 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 Dalhousie. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different pronunciations for so many streets, really. Yeah. So maybe I would just do it, just my name, Z-I-L-E, street or avenue. It'll be a name that if you lived in the city, you'll know how to pronounce it. If you don't know, then you're not from the city. I don't know. <laughs> I like that because, uh, yeah, sometimes that's how you know where where people are from. You know that people are from your community when, when they pronounce the name of your street properly. Yeah, and it's a conversation starter. I think it's a good way to start conversations and get people to talk about where they're from and that kind of thing. That's it for our fourth episode of For the Love of Brantford. Thank you to our guest, John Kafusha, for sharing some history about the streets in Eagle Place. And thank you to Victoria Coates for informing us about the city's street naming policy. If you want to know the history of your street name, pick up a copy of Signpost at the Brant Museum and Archives. You can also find resources mentioned in this episode on the library website at brantfordlibrary.ca FLB. And don't forget to tune in for our next episode about housing in Brantford. Thank you for listening to this episode of For the Love of Brantford. You can find all the episodes at brantfordlibrary.ca FLB, including the show notes where we list references, share images, and provide resources to continue your exploration of Brantford. Remember to check out the bonus episodes with the full interviews with our guests. We would love to hear from you if you have a question. Just fill out a form on our website. We are your hosts, Mandy Samuel, Nathan Etherington, and Zila Ozels. This is a podcast in partnership with the Eagle Place Community Association, the Brant Historical Society, and the Brantford Public Library.